I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the Power 365 show, where I interview staff at Microsoft across the Power Platform and Dynamics 365 technology stack. I hope you'll find this podcast educational and inspire you to do more with this great technology. Now, let's get on with the show. In this episode, we'll focus on Dynamics 365 sales conversation intelligence, as well as AI in general. And, and you know, where are we on the spectrum to ultimately singularity? Today's guest is from Israel. He works at Microsoft as a principal data and applied science manager for Azure. You can find links to his bio, show notes, etc. cetera, uh, in the show notes for this episode. Welcome to the show, Dr. Rory. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me. Good to have you on. Before we get started, I always like to find out from my guests a bit about, you know, what what's family life like? What do you do when you're not working and not thinking about technology? <laughs> so food, family, and fun, what does that mean to you? Well, food, you know, living in Tel Aviv here in Israel, so there is amazing food. So so food means, you know, it could mean a lot of good restaurants, a lot of Mediterranean kitchen, and I love, uh, you know, love going out and, and experiencing it all. So that's food for family, like a lot of people from Tel Aviv, I live alone. <laughs> and then, so it was a f- uh, food, family, and fun. And fun, fun, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, all the usual geeky things. I like reading, I like learning languages, you know, traveling the world, what you probably expect. <laughs> What's traveling the world? What's the favorite country you've been to? Oh, my favorite country is Portugal. I've been about four nice. times. I just love it very, very much. But uh, I also, uh, you know, because of work, I visited the U.S. many times. Mm-hmm. And I've also, you know, liked it, liked it a lot. Like every, uh, every area is different. And it's like uh, so many, so many things to see and do, uh, you know, nat- nature, culture, fascinating country. If you had to live in Portugal, would you choose Lisbon or would you choose Porto? Lisbon, of course. <laughs> One of my favorite cities in the whole world. I-, I love Porto. I love Porto over the two. It's my favorite. Porto is just... A- it is. It is. Both of them are amazing. I think uh, Lisbon mm. is a bit larger and a bit more co- cosmopolitan. Yeah, I do love them mm-hmm. both and I love the whole country, but uh, I-, I would go to live in Lisbon if I, uh, if I lived in Portugal. Nice. Nice. Tell me about your career journey into Microsoft. How did you end up working for Microsoft? What's taken you on this journey? Okay, so I finished my PhD about 12 years ago. Then I worked for another company and it actually closed down about a year after I started working there. And I was very sad about that. But then there were openings just across the street with Microsoft. And I said, okay, I don't want to be in this place next year. So I'm going to go to the mo- to the biggest, most stable company that I can find. Uh, and I find, found Microsoft and I got into an amazing incubation team, which was uh, like an internal startup within Microsoft. So it was 
for me, getting the best of both worlds, like doing the innovation, but still have the stability of a big place. And then, you know, in a blink of an eye, almost 11 years went by. <laughs> I started as engine, like um algorithm engineer, then continued to a few management roles. And for the past four years or so, I've been managing the AI team for uh, dynamic sales. Tell me, you know, when, when we look at where AI is now and, you know, it's been something that I feel from around 2016 onwards, Microsoft started talking a lot about AI. And, and what I observed in that around this period, I was living in London and I noticed coming out this concept of practical AI from Microsoft. In other words, Yes, a lot of the other big companies talk about how awesome their AI is or that they're a market leader in AI and then they demonstrate it by, you know, pitching itself to computers against chess champions and or Go champions and and or, or game show uh, hosts and things like this. But, you know, it seems that Microsoft has always stayed very kind of level-footed and focused on how do we practically use AI in our day-to-day lives and in business now. What's your perception on on where Microsoft is in the AI journey and what does AI mean to business and people today? Yeah, so uh, definitely we've been very focused as a company on on the practical AI. So features and uh, Satya Nadella called it infusing AI into products. So we're working on infusing AI and making AI-infused experiences in many products. Uh, and specifically, uh, Dynamics 365 Sales also has this agenda as well. So we're um, using a lot of AI. And when we speak about practical AI, applied AI, specifically for sellers, we like to think about it as the following two value propositions. So one is to help you be more effective. And the second is to help you be more efficient. So being more effective means that AI is helping to make B players A players. It means that people don't have to have 20 years of experience, perhaps, in order to make good decisions and make very good use of their time because AI is going to be there to help them do that. And this can happen in prioritization of, you know, what should I, what deal should I be working on or avoiding or like helping them avoid working on futile, like making futile efforts. So making good decisions because AI knows it has a good view of the data and can make good recommendations. Uh, The second one is about busy work. So we all know how sellers are just full and loaded with busy work, updating CRM, forgetting things and you know it's just like a lot of this busy work is just not very realistic in terms of like I don't know a single seller who is doing actually all the busy work that is that they're supposed to do and we're what we're doing with AI is we're doing best that we can in order to reduce the the load and help sellers just spend more time selling and when we say that that we're applied and practical we actually use a lot the concept of human in the loop Meaning that, yeah, we acknowledge and we realize that AI today cannot do 100% of the job. It cannot replace a human. And this is not something that we even try to do. We're not trying to, to replace information workers. We're trying to help them be more effective and, and more efficient. So, uh, for example, if AI can do 80 or 70% of the mundane, of the work, which is mundane work, repetitive work, mm-hmm. 
And then the 30% that where the human intelligence is needed is being left uh, for the humans. So this is what we call human in the loop, or some people call it AI in the loop. So in the loop of sales, you have you relegate to the machine tasks that can be easily automated and they don't need like the full expertise. And then you spend more time selling or you make less mistakes or you make better decisions, more informed decisions. So this is how we look at it at D365 sales. And this is something that like the trend of human in the loop or AI in the loop is catching a lot of traction in the AI world. So when we see it specifically in the area of, let's say, opportunity management, you know, it's funny, as you talk then, I think of, you know, I'm involved in sales in the organization I'm in. I, I support the sales function. But, you know, it always frustrates me, I suppose, when my manager comes to me and, and quizzes me, where's this opportunity up to? Where's that opportunity up to? But I feel that if AI was prompting me, you know, there's no emotion in it. It's it's around, hey, you had a conversation with this person, you said these type of things, and it's now, you know, two weeks have elapsed and you were meant to go back to them with a uh, a document or you were meant to go back to them with another meeting or you, and you've forgotten that and therefore the opportunity is getting cold. Are we going to see that AI is going to be play a much stronger role in kind of uh, coaching, if you like, the salesperson around the opportunities that they already have in the system and making sure that the, the they're always progressing towards the close of a sale? Yeah, so we have some features that, that help in this regard. So one of them is opportunity scoring or by its full name, predictive opportunity scoring. So this is where we take, we investigate using AI, uh, you know, in an automated manner, what happened to past opportunities, what made them be won or what made them be lost. And then when a new opportunity comes, we can predict to which, like, is it closer to, is it, does it behave uh, like we expect a winning opportunity to behave and then it gets a high score or does it behave uh, like a losing opportunity and then it gets a low score? And the, the great thing about that is that it's all justified and based on data that the customer has in, in the system. So if the customer has, you know, decent data in the system, we can tell them exactly, you know, why one opportunity is at a better shape than another opportunity. And so and managers can see, you know, what the trends of the scores are. And why it's, it is so. So, for example, is it because you were not in touch with, with the customer for a long time and this is starting to look like opportunities that we lost in the past? Then it gets a lower score and also there is a reason for that. And also, in addition to this reason, we also show data. You know, this behaves like, you know, you had, let's say, 100 opportunities with this type of, with this value, with this field. And when the value was what we see now in this field, then the chances to win dropped dramatically. And you can see it in the data and you can see it in the explanations. And it mm -hmm. makes everything very backed with data. So the seller, you know, doesn't find themselves questioning the AI a lot. They just look at the data and they see that the machine was actually right to pick up the pattern because it's backed with, with explanations and data. Another uh, place where AI can really help in managing opportunities is, is, is actually during conversations. So in Dynamics 365, you also have a, a full-fledged conversation intelligence offering. And one of the nicest features there is that it picks up action items 
commitments and requests that commitments that you make to the customer and requests that the customer is asking you for and mm-hmm. takes automatic note of them. And this is, first of all, during the call, you don't have to worry about writing out the action items or the requests or the commitments. And then also you can have, like, you don't have to listen to the conversation. You have a quick view of all of the action items, everything that you have to follow up on, and then it can help you, um, you know, follow up on all these commitments that you have and, and move the opportunity forward. So these are just two examples of how, uh, how AI could work. So from two different, two completely different angles, and, but, but both eventually, um, you know, help you as a seller to understand better, you know, what's the opportunity, what's, you know, where the opportunity stands and what you can do about it. Well, like uh, it's mm-hmm. social, uh, both are actionable as well. So you, you mentioned conversational there. What about email? Is there, you know, a lot of action comes out of emails still. So emails backwards and forwards between your potential customer or client. Is AI being used to kind of look inside that for like, here was a list of three actions that we said we were going to take and then converting those, you know, those activities into part of that the that AI mix. And uh, listen, you said you were going to get back around this proof of concept, but you've actually not communicated and it's been 15 days since uh, you made that commitment to the customer as an example. How are you touching email as part of it as well as conversation? Yeah. So currently we don't have like an, an extrapolation of conversation intelligence into emails, but it's actually a great idea. It's, it's actually a great idea. I think one of the... Yeah, it's definitely a means of um, communication, especially in relationship selling, that is being used a lot. And I think it's a great idea, but we currently don't have it in, in Dynamics 365, uh, 365 sale. Do you see a, a future state where AI will become, if you like, the clippy that we had in the past from Microsoft, but actually, you know, something that I start my day and this bot virtual ai you know person persona comes up and says hey listen these are things that you will probably want to be top of mind in your focus today you got these number of appointments you've got uh these you know sales opportunities by the way you've forgotten a few things that you said you followed up with three days ago do you do you see that 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 there's going to be a demand for kind of a visualization of ai in the future and i'm not just talking about Dynamics 365 here, I'm talking about where you see AI and the kind of, in that case, it's a virtual assistant, right? But it's still been driven based on that data that is in the system and kind of making sure I don't forget what I shouldn't be forgetting as a salesperson. Yeah. So definitely this is this is where we're going to. We're going gradually and you can see it uh, across the different vendors in the market. We're going to a place where AI is going to remind you things that you forget. It's going to give you uh, support to make quality decisions. So that's a decision support system, but does not replace the seller because uh, AI is is still not at a place where it can, it can actually replace the uh, natural intelligence. It's still artificial intelligence that uh, can pick up patterns and um, mimic repetitive work but doesn't have the ability to to do creative work still. And, you know, nobody knows if it will ever. So it's going into the, the, the general direction that it's going to affect very much 
not by replacing, but by enhancing. So it's uh, it probably going to be augmenting the seller's experience in a more and more pervasive manner. So wherever they are in email or in uh, conversation or when they're working on the opportunity, they will be getting tips about what to do next. The tips are going to be very much justified. It's not just going to be, you know, some, you know, some advice that nobody knows if it works or not. And there is going to be feedback loop as well, which is something that we call outcome-based AI. So AI will be learning Mm-hmm. how the organization works best so it will be able and then it will be able to to learn how the organization works and make recommendations to enhance to reinforce the winning the winning patterns that the people are are making so yes. for example can pick up a pattern that um, customers in New Zealand you know they they like a certain deal better than, than others and then you can um or a certain product and then you could be as a seller recommended just in time without having 20 years of experience to give this deal to your new zealand customers for example so, so yeah this is where it's going and also i think the same thing about busy work as well when we talk about efficiency when you you'll be prompted to uh close your action your open your pending action items uh, we already have uh, quite a few features like that in Dynamics uh, Conversation Intelligence, for example, where you can send an email or set a meeting directly from the conversation intelligence experience. Or when we help you to make a call report. So some customers spend a lot of time on just making the report. And, and if you can help them do that, that would be great. Now, machines today are still unable to um to make a, a good concise accurate um call report that is going to be of reasonable size um and this is where you know where the concept of human in the loop comes comes in and and help you um just finish the same work either at a better quality or by spending less time on it a question i have for you around ai in general and Home assistant type devices. So we're talking about Alexa and Google Home are the two kind of main ones in market. I just actually turned the microphone off on my device so it didn't start up. I have I use multiple of these. I've used them now for three years and I use both ecosystems. So I use Google Home and I use uh, Alexa as well. One of the things I've noticed, they have not in that three to four year period increased in intelligence at all. Uh, the phrases that I use day in, day out, like when I come into my studio, I say studio go. And it, and the idea is, is that it lights, it turns all my lights on, it turns my computer on, it does everything, gets my camera, everything set up. I can say studio go, and I've said it for the last three years, and yet every couple of days it still goes, oh, here's a list of all the studios in your area, or here's a list of, it's like it has done nothing about learning the phrase that I use over and over and over again, there's no kind of pattern matching. There's no recognition. And I look at these products from both Google and and Amazon in this case, and it seems like they've invested in the hardware. They keep selling there's a new version of the Dot or a new version of the Google Home. But these are just no more than rudimentary search engine tools at the end of the day. They, they go online, they search for whatever you've looked for. It's not... It's not making my life any more intelligent. It's not making. It's not moving the dial on 
on, you know, AI empowering me at all. If anything, you know, I end up swearing at the device multiple times because it gets the same thing wrong so many times. Why do you think there's been like no advancement in the last three to four years in this space? So by no means expert in consumer devices. And I definitely, I I don't know. And even if I I knew I'm probably not at liberty, uh, you know, speaking on on competitors' products. But I can speak on AI in general. So I think there are are plenty of challenges. So yeah, there there are many challenges in in AI and they're they're, they're being solved. So, you know, gradually. So every time you have, you know, you have some advancement in in one area and then it gives like sort of it, it is a platform for advancement in, in other areas. I think that the expectations that, that people sometimes have uh, for full automation, for human parity understanding are um, a bit exaggerated because of movies and because of, uh, you know, how the media looks at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in fact, we've done a huge progress. I mean, like Microsoft, of course, and also, also the companies that you mentioned, and also many other companies, uh, and also the academia have done a great deal of, um, like a lot of advances in language understanding, in um, how to make uh, UX that is uh, appropriate for AI. Because mm-hmm. uh, if you have a good UX to accompany non-perfect AI, then it, it actually unblocks the AI uh, and then AI can help you and you just do the rest. You just do, you know, the smart work, the creative work, and you save the, you save the, the, the busy work. Just, you know, just recently, uh, there has been a lot of advancement in language models. So those are models that I'm sure you've seen in the media. Okay, this article was written by a computer. Um, it was like over the past one one or two years, and you know, in the future, they these yeah. software are gonna write your email, and then you'll only touch up your email. They're gonna uh, suggest uh, answers while you while you speak with a customer. They'll tell you, "Hey, I think the the good answer is this," but it's gonna be you who makes the final decision, and that's what we call human in the loop or AI in the loop. There is, you know, as a consumer. Um, you know, you might be experiencing. Um, so I, I don't know. You might be experiencing at like a slow, a slow pace. But it's uh, um, actually things are things are moving and things are changing pretty quickly. And um, I think that um, already today, if you look at um, um, if you look at transcription uh, in tools like Teams. Um, and, and other transcriptions, you can see that the improvement that, that happened over the past five years or so is, is really amazing. So uh, today you can see, especially in, in popular languages like English and French, you can see like transcription that, that barely misses anything. And this is, this is, uh, this is really great. So, um, and, and, and by the way, this is why CRM World is going to um, uh, is going to to this automation with AI because everybody feels that uh, you know with language understanding and with traditional AI like the feature about scoring opportunities this is what in the science world we call traditional traditional machine learning traditional AI um, uh, there is enough data and the data is concentrated in the cloud. Uh, and there is enough um, trust 
in AI because everything that it's doing for us in search engines and everything that it's doing for us in fraud detection and spam detection. So people are saying, hey, you know, it might be able to help me with sales as well, with marketing as well. But as I said before, it's not 100%. It's just like it's it's just going to do part of the work, and the the rest of the the rest of the work is going to be done. Doctor Rui, this has been an interesting conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Yeah, thanks a lot, Mark. And I just want to mention so uh, to all those people listening, uh, if you'd like to collaborate on an AI project, if you want to engage with us on uh, something that you tried on on the product or some cool idea that you have and you wish you had it on Dynamics 365 sales or on Viva sales, uh, feel free to reach out. We really love speaking to customers. Um, and as Mark said, like Microsoft is very much on the applied side of, of AI. So uh, applied means working with customers. So we'd love to hear from you. And thanks again, Mark. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 guy. If there's a guest you'd like to see on the show from Microsoft, please message me on LinkedIn. If you want to be a supporter of the show, please check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 guy. How will you create on the Power Platform today? Ciao.